Well, good morning and happy Father's Day. I hope you're doing well this morning. Uh, my name's Todd. I'm the lead pastor here. And today uh, we're uh, continuing in our series, Courageous. And I just want to stop for a moment and uh, thank the two men who uh, preached for me the last two weeks, Jared McElroy last week and Todd Cooper, our student pastor. Um, and I'm so thankful for two guys who can bring the word of God each Sunday and, and can fill in for me. And I'm, it's been so great um, just to have a little bit of a break. Uh, and I'm so thankful for those guys. I was here last week, wasn't here two weeks ago, but I was here last week. And uh, what a great day it was last week. And so we're continuing in the series, uh, but a bit of, of a different twist since it's Father's Day today. Uh, we're going to be looking at the life of a man that is known very well, uh, and we're going to be looking at his uh, abilities as a father. And I think maybe uh, you'll be surprised by kind of the direction we take today in terms of understanding how to be courageous. Um, I, I don't know about you, but when I think about being a father, and when I think about this idea that the Bible uh, conveys to us that dads are the spiritual leaders of, of their homes. Um, and when I think about the fact that that's the way that God kind of established things, um, I think about this word legacy. I think about this word legacy, but I wonder if we have a, a misconception of what legacy is really all about. I think that legacy through the years has been a term that we've come to understand like maybe inheritance or leaving a legacy for our kids uh, that's financial in nature or something of value in nature. Um, that's what we most of us think when we think of this word legacy. But I believe that legacy for the Christ follower and for the dad or grandfather or uncle or someone in here today who serves in the capacity of a dad, I believe legacy is a whole different concept as we find from God's word. And I think that today you'll find out that that concept is maybe totally different than, than what we think it is. Uh, the word legacy literally means this, anything handed down from the past from a predecessor. Anything handed down from the past as a predecessor. I love that definition because what that does is it kind of puts all of us um, who are in a spiritual leadership uh, uh, position, whether it's moms, uh, grandparents, whether it's you know, some teachers, uh, pastors, dads, it kind of puts us all on the same level because here's the deal. Um, we all will pass down some kind of legacy. It's just up to us to determine what kind of legacy we pass down to our kids, and those are uh, those who are under the care uh, of, of our spiritual guidance. And so legacy then becomes, uh, from a biblical perspective, like what we pass down, but we have this concept that like legacy is monetary or inheritance or whatever, or we, we sometimes take it to, to this extreme. This might be a, a little more familiar, especially to some of you dads who I'm primarily speaking to today and, and fathers and, and, and men today, even though this applies across the board, is that we associate legacy with success don't we? We associate legacy with like son or daughter, I'm going to help you to find the best career path for you. I'm going to help set you up in life to be professionally or vocationally, I don't even know if that's a word, uh, set up for life. Like I'm going to make sure, I'm going to ensure uh, that your future is set 
from a career or success standpoint. It, it might be educational. You know, we're going to make sure that our kids have the right education or the best education or the proper education to do what we think they're gifted for. And so uh, legacy becomes this idea maybe of success vocationally or in career, uh, but it also could be finances. Like we want to pass down a legacy of, of good financial management or a legacy of some kind of inheritance. That, that would be nice for all of us, wouldn't it? But anyway, um, and, and all of those things, maybe it's just about life. Maybe it's about like living life, just normal course of life stuff. Um, all of those things are really good. But if you're here today and you're a Christ follower, and your kids, you get to the end of your life, and your kids, all you've passed down is a legacy about how to be successful in life. I think that if you and I do that, because I have the tendency to think legacy is success as well, I think if we do that, just that, I think we've missed the mark on what God's word wants us to do as fathers, dads, and spiritual leaders. And what I want us to do today is to look at a man who is incredibly flawed, but had the courage to pass down a meaningful spiritual legacy to his family. You know, I think that a lot of times um, dads, I, you know, I don't know if you connect with me on, on this one, um, but a lot of times we as dads or we as spiritual leaders, um, we, we pass down other things like, you know, uh, advice on career and advice on money and, you know, finances and advice on, you know, I don't know, how to fix a car. That is definitely not one I'm passing down to Sean. But we, like, have this idea that we're going to pass down all this stuff, and we kind of stay away from the spiritual aspect because of one thing. We feel or perceive or sense that we are inadequate. We are not up to the task of passing down a spiritual legacy, a healthy, uh, a godly spiritual legacy to our kids and to our family because we are flawed and we have done things. And our kids have seen those things and sometimes it's pretty messy. And sometimes the things that they've seen is not consistent with the word of God. And so our tendency then is because we have this feeling or this uh, perception of being spiritually inadequate to pass down a spiritual legacy, you know what our tendency is? To just give up. To just give up. And, and we focus only on those things that we feel successful in passing down to our children. And, and sometimes... Um, you and I uh, fail according to what God's word says that we should do with our parenting just because we give up because we don't feel like we measure up in terms of our spiritual lives. You know, the thing that we did yesterday or last week or last month or last year or last decade, we view our ability to pass down a spiritual legacy with those lenses. And today, what I want us to do, myself included, is to take that lens off and to have a different lens for us to have so that we can then be confident about passing down a legacy, spiritual legacy, that's meaningful for our families and for our kids. Listen, I deal with this just like you do. In fact, I think that sometimes, like, I think that because I'm a pastor, I should be really good at passing down a spiritual legacy. And I'm telling you, I fail at this just like you do. 
And I want to believe that maybe I think there's more pressure because I'm a pastor and I'm a minister or whatever. But I know that there are some of you, especially some of you men, who just don't feel like you have the right footing. You don't feel like you can stand on solid ground to be able to talk to your kids or your family about the things of God. And I want to let you know today, I completely understand that because my kids have seen me get angry. My kids have seen me drive like a maniac because somebody cut me off on 278 while we're going to Sea Pines, okay, in the middle of the summer like it is right now. My kids have seen me um, get, get angry and get frustrated with life and situations. And um, thank goodness Sean hasn't been out on the golf course with me long enough to see me throw a golf club, so, uh, which many of the guys are doing out at Chambers Bay today. So, um, but they've seen the, the good and they've seen the, the side of me that like, is really healthy, but they've also seen that negative side. And if you and I take those things that we do and we allow that to be the basis by which we're supposed to spiritually lead our families, we probably won't. If we're using that as our basis, we probably won't. We need to be okay with our failures and be able to to still lead our kids spiritually. And so what we have, kind of the problem or the challenge that we have is that there's this tension. If you're here today and you're a dad and a father and you're, you're a Christ follower, you know that you're supposed to leave this spiritual legacy. But there's this tension because you also know that you failed and that your kids have seen it. And maybe they've seen it close up and personal. Maybe it's gotten pretty ugly. Maybe it's been really, really bad. And you say, how can I I have no biblical training. I don't understand the Bible. It doesn't make sense. I've given my life to Christ. I I, I know where I'm going when I die, but that's about it. How can I stand on solid ground and be able to pass this spiritual legacy down? That's the tension. It's this tension between what um, we know that we should do and the reality of our current situation. And today what I want to do is kind of level the playing field to allow us, men, women, all of you who are here and some of you who may be dads in the future um, or maybe dads soon, we have uh, quite a few of you in that category, um, to give you the confidence to be able to do what David did. And so today's message is really to all of us who are in that camp and are in that place of spiritual leadership or who may do that one day. You know, I think that dads, sometimes we ask the wrong question. I know I've done this. Um, I'll ask the question, like, am I a good dad? You, you know, have I, um, have I performed well enough as a dad? Have I, um, you know, measured up in terms of, of being a godly father? And I think that the problem is, in terms of leaving a spiritual legacy, those are the wrong types of questions. I think the better question that we need to ask in terms of leaving a legacy of spiritual success for our kids, is what direction am I pointing my children in? What direction am I guiding them in? Where am I telling them to seek out advice for the challenges that they are going to face in life? And so our job is not so much, guys, about who we are although it is better for them to see this played out and lived out in the example of your life and taught 
but sometimes those worlds don't match up. And so the, the, the challenge is that, and, and our jobs as fathers then is, is really not about performance, but it's about intentionally pointing our kids to the one who will always be there for them, who not only provides eternal salvation because they put their faith and trust in him for eternity, but can give them the confidence to navigate life. And so I want to take a look at um, this uh, dad today. Um, it's a very familiar character. His name is David. He was the second king of the nation of Israel. We talk about him a lot here. One of my favorite characters, probably one of the most well-known characters in the Old Testament in the Bible. And, and so David, um, as we know him today, he was a shepherd boy who grew up to be the king. And how he was chosen is an amazing story in and of itself. We talked about it a few weeks ago in the pedestal series. Um, but David uh, was an interesting guy because when he became king, um, he, he did something right after he became king um, that was really not right. Uh, one day he was out in his, uh, uh, you know, uh, it, where he lived there in Jerusalem, and he looked out over the city of Jerusalem, and he saw a woman who was a married woman, and he decided that he wanted that woman. And because he was the king, he decided to have her. And he ended up having an affair. He ended up uh, uh, committing the sin of adultery. And, but not only was that so bad, but then he tried to cover it up. And not only was that so bad, he decided that in the cover-up, he would send um, her husband, a guy by the name of Uriah, which was uh, one of his generals, to the front lines, ensuring that Uriah would be killed so that he could have Bathsheba. And guess what? His plan worked out perfectly, and he remained the king. And so he'd committed these huge sins of adultery and murder. And there's also indication that David, as the king, took advantage of the people in his kingdom a couple different times in Scripture. We see that. This was a guy who was incredibly flawed. Like, he would not be the guy back in that day that, like, if you were like, hey, we need to have a parenting conference. Let's get David to do the parenting conference. Like, he's probably not going to teach on this because his life didn't jive with, it didn't line up with, it wasn't consistent always with God's word. Now, many times it was, and we read that in Psalms, but we also read how sinful he was in Psalms. So how come, here's my question for you today, how come a guy like David, with all of his sins, with all of his flaws, ended up being called in the New Testament a man after God's own heart. I believe it's because David was comfortable with the fact that he was flawed, but he was also passionate, passionately concerned about having a genuine, deep relationship with the God of creation. And he ended up passing that legacy down to his kids. And we see this played out in 1 Kings chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, the words will be on the screens. I've got 1 through 9 listed because that tells the whole story. But we're just going to take a look at the first four verses today um, just for time's sake and just to kind of uh, get this in and, and understand what David went through. Now, again, this is the guy that's not going to be leading the parenting conference. Probably, you know, his life didn't match what he told his kids sometimes. He had 19 boys and one girl by the way, with seven different wives. It's a whole nother story for a whole nother time, okay? Trust me, it was okay back then. But anyway, he had 19 boys and one girl. That must have been an interesting house, right? I mean, 19 guys in the house. 
I guarantee you that place smelled. But anyway, so David was this guy um, who had all these flaws, but yet at the end of his life, as we're going to take a look, he realized the importance of passing down a spiritual legacy of success. Take a look at 1 Kings 2, verses 1, and we're going to take a look at through 4. When David's time, this is verse 2, actually, or uh, verse 1. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon, his son, and let's pause for a moment. Solomon was going to be the next king of Israel. But right before all this happens, there's another story that actually I told it back in the pedestal series that takes place where another son who was actually the oldest son in line for the throne tries to um, really kind of do an end run and tries to take away the throne from Solomon. And, and so David has this tumultuous relationship with several of his other sons. But Solomon was one that he and Bathsheba, who ended up becoming his wife and is this uh, Solomon's mom, um, they identified him as, as a godly man who had a lot of wisdom and he would be the next king, regardless of his birth order. And, and so David loves Solomon and he knows that he's going to be the next king and this spokesman. So he, he calls Solomon to his side as he's dying. He says this in verse 2, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. And here's the instruction he gives him. I love this. Be strong and show yourself a man. That's awesome, isn't it? Have, have any of you guys ever heard that? Any of you men ever heard that from your dads? I did. Todd, it's time to be a man. Time to be a man about this. Time to stand strong. But I love David's advice, advice here because he gives the foundation for which we can stand strong. He says this in verse 3. He says, be, be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and keeping his statutes, his commands, his rules, his testimonies, as is written in the law of Moses, that you may, what's that next word? Prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn. And then he goes on in verse 4 and says this, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, if your sons pay close attention to their way to walk before me in faithfulness with all of their heart and with all of their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. And so David, this incredibly flawed character, just like you and me, in fact, in many ways, probably a lot worse than you and me as the world looks at different things that he did. Um, this man who was just riddled with flaws at the end of his life, he understood that important aspect of passing down this spiritual legacy of looking to God for success. Of looking to God for success. He didn't say, man, my past is a mess, so I'm just going to ignore my role spiritually. No, nah, he ran right into it and with confidence told Solomon to follow God, to trust God, to lean on God to believe in the God of creation, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so how in the world does that apply to us today? Here's your point today. Here's your bottom line today. And then I'm going to give you a few steps of application. This is in your notes. You see, you and I, we equip dads, moms, spiritual leaders. We equip our children for success in life by instructing them to find courage and to find confidence and to find counsel from God. 
We equip our children for success in life when we instruct them to find courage and to find confidence and to find counsel from God. I want you to think about those three things for a moment. Um, There's a lot of people that um, say that we can find courage from within, right? Like pull yourself out by the bootstraps, you know, face your fears, be self-confidence. That is self-reliance, not God-reliance, isn't it? There's a lot of people and a lot of um, uh, energy in our society to lean in terms of confidence on other people. And absolutely, the Bible speaks that we should lean on other people in certain times and in certain situations. But if all we do is lean on others, we're not going to have confidence. The Bible says that we should find counsel, uh, counsel in life from a multitude of counselors. But first and foremost, the Bible also indicates that we're supposed to trust God and to rely on him for counsel in life. You see, David understood this concept even though he was flawed. Even though he had these things in his past that were awful, he understood that his responsibility as a dad was to equip Solomon and to, to equip his sons and his grandkids by instructing them to look to God. And dads, maybe you're here today, and you did not have the best example of this in your life. I get that. I understand that. I happen to have a great example of this in my life, but I understand that there are many of you out there that didn't have a dad that modeled this well. I get it. I understand it. But if you're a Christ follower in here today, I'm going to tell you what um, we and our family talk about um, when we talk about these kind of things. If you had a dad that was maybe absent spiritually or maybe even um, was in some ways uh, just a horrible dad um, in in a lot of ways, an absent dad, whatever the case may be, and and you're like, how can I do this? That's the example that I had. Here's Here's the word that we use or the phrase that we use in our family when it comes to these types of things. We say it's time to break the cycle. It's time to break the cycle. You can be the one in your family heritage, in your genealogy, if you will, to break the cycle and be the man who passes down a spiritual heritage and a spiritual legacy. You can do that despite your faults and your failures and the ugliness that you may have communicated to your family or demonstrated to your family. Sometimes it's just time to break that cycle. How in the world do we do that? How do we do that? How do we equip our children for success in life by instructing them to find courage, confidence, and counsel from God? I'm going to give you three ways. You can jot these down um, on your notes today. Um, I think that there are many different ways that we can do this, but I think there are three things that are so important for, for us, especially dads, to be able to have this kind of confidence to stand up and point them to God, even though we're flawed and even though we may have things in our life that we're, we're not proud of. I think there are three things that we do. First and foremost, we've got to be committed to our own soul care. Guys, dads, it's just the fact. We have to be committed to our own soul care. If we're going to be confident in pointing our kids and our families to God, we have to pay attention to our soul. This past few weeks, I've taken a, a little bit of time off um, to study and, and to prepare in the future for message series and that kind of thing. And one of the books uh, that I have uh, been reading is a, by a guy by the name of Lance Witt. 
and uh, he, he wrote a, a book um, called uh, Refresh, and um, his, this book is incredible because the very first thing that he does is he focuses, or replenish, not refresh, replenish. He focuses on your soul, that if there's an inconsistency in your life, that you got to focus on your own personal spiritual journey. It doesn't mean it has to be perfect, but men, sometimes we let slip, the first thing we let slip when life gets busy and when life gets hectic and we're, um, you know, we're pulled in so many directions, the first thing we let slip sometimes is our own soul. And so I want to challenge you guys. If you don't feel confident to talk to your kids about God, if you don't feel confident to point them to the God of the universe, the one who sent his son Jesus to die for our sins, begin by focusing on spending time with God spending time in prayer, spending time in his word. Maybe it's just a few minutes a day. Maybe it's just a few minutes a day. Be committed to soul care. Secondly, is a commitment um, to finding what the Bible says about parenting. Man, the Proverbs, if you read Proverbs, it is full. David's son Solomon wrote most of Proverbs. It is full of great wisdom on how to parent. Um, Man, it's hard to figure this thing out, isn't it? I mean, parenting is not easy. If it's easy, please see me afterwards because I'm going to get you to speak next week, okay? Like, if this thing is easy, I have not found it. It is incredibly difficult to navigate what the world throws at our kids day in and day out. I have an 11-year-old. I might be calling some of you over the next few years about how to navigate some of these things. I know that some of you are going through some pretty tough stuff right now. And God's word has so much to say about biblical parenting, a commitment to our own soul health, a commitment to biblical parenting, and lastly, and maybe even most importantly, and maybe the most courageous thing that some of you can do is a commitment to church involvement. Whether you're from Columbus, Ohio, and you're here on vacation, and you go to another church, or whether you're here at Hilton Head Island Community Church, I think, dads, one of the best things that we can possibly do is to be the leader in our home when it comes to being here. And this is not self-serving, I promise you. This will feed into the two other things. This will help you to take care of your soul. This will help you to find biblical principles in your life on what it means to parent. But for some of you guys, maybe where you begin, maybe where you start, in terms of passing on a spiritual legacy, is just to be committed to being here with your family week in and week out. And certainly don't be the one that leads the family to not be in God's house, to not be involved in what takes place here. Encourage your teenagers, dads, to be here on Sunday nights, middle school at uh, 5 and high school at 7 o'clock right behind this wall encourage your little ones to be a part of Island Kids. Oh my goodness, we've got some absolutely fantastic teaching that takes place over there each and every week in Ignite for those who are in uh, fourth and fifth grade. There's some fantastic things that you can lead your family on and you do not have to be a spiritual giant. All you have to do is just say, here's where we're going and here's when we're going. And you grab the keys and you drive the car. Sometimes, and I realize for some of you, that may be the most courageous thing that you can do for your family. And I would be so proud of you, but not that doesn't even matter. God would be so pleased with you leading your family in that way.
I, I had a, a fantastic dad. Um, I, I told him, I wrote him a, a card, sent him a card for Father's Day, and I told him in there, I said, you're my hero in the way that you've handled mom's passing. My mom passed away suddenly this year at 68 uh, after a very short battle with cancer. Cancer, Most of you guys know that. And they, they have been together for 50 years. Isn't that awesome? They've been together for 50 years. They've been married for 47. They were like high school sweethearts. I think it's actually 52 years. And they should have celebrated uh, their 48th year of being married just a few weeks ago. Uh, but my mom passed away in March. And my dad has been a rock through this. He's been a rock. He's handled it so well. And I can tell he's relying on the Lord. He's really spending time in the Word. But my dad growing up, um, he wasn't a Christian growing up. In fact, he grew up in a pretty tough home. His dad was an alcoholic. There was a lot of fighting, a lot of um, verbal abuse in his home. And it, the story about him coming to Christ is amazing, and I'll tell you sometime. But he came to Christ as an adult. He came to Christ as an adult. He got saved as an adult. And in his words, you know, kind of didn't take it seriously for a long time. And, and my dad wasn't a pastor. He, he was a salesman for 30-plus years. He sold business equipment, uh, a company called Lanier, for 30-plus years. He was an incredible provider. He was an incredible man. But um, my dad was, you know, he wasn't... Not knowledgeable about the Bible. He didn't know the word of God that well. He, he really had a lot of questions about the Bible. He didn't have any footing at all to lead us spiritually, and he led us in so many ways. I mean, my dad taught me everything about life that I know. He's an incredible dad. He taught me um, how to shake a hand, right? You know, dads, we do that with our sons. You know, don't give them the dish rag hand. You know, shake it firm. I'm teaching Sean that, and my you know, hands turn blue. But anyway, like, we teach them that. My dad taught me how to play golf. He taught me how to drive. I think I about killed him, literally. But he taught me how to drive. Like, he taught me how to shave um, he taught me, you know, like all the things that dads teach sons in life. But I got to tell you, and I want you to hear this today. The most important thing that my dad did in any area of my life was make sure that I was at church. The most important thing that he did in my life was make sure and encourage me to go to youth group. That's where I was called in the ministry. That's where my like, spiritual life really took root. The most important thing that he did was to encourage me and my sister to be in spiritual environments as much as possible. And for David Cullen Jr., who grew up in the home that he did, who had the career that he did that wasn't a ministry career, it was the most courageous thing that he could do. Dads, sometimes it's just the foundational, simple thing because nobody expects you to be a perfect father. Nobody expects you to have your past totally match up with God's words, God's word, even your kids. Sometimes you'll have to explain inconsistencies. I had to the other day. Sometimes it's just doing some of those small things that make a huge impact. My question to you is, where do you start? Where do you start? Those of you who are spiritual leaders. You're going to see on the screen in a few minutes a promotion of a men's event that we're having in July. And on it, you're going to see a guy who's in an um, African-American guy in a, in a red uh, sweater. And he's a great guy. Vody Balkum, one of my favorite authors. He's incredible. He's a great man. 
And Vodi has a book that he wrote, and he told men um, spiritually from God's word, the best thing that you can do is to be a prophet, a priest, a, um, a provider, and a protector. Oh, man, pastors love alliteration. Isn't that great? That's awesome. Prophet, priest, protector, and provider. And I got to admit, even as a pastor, sometimes doing those things in my home can be overwhelming. I'm flawed. I'm sinful. I make mistakes. I mess things up sometimes. And doing those things are so incredibly important. But there are some times that I just have to go back to the basic things. Watching my soul, making sure that my soul is taken care of. Making sure that I put my kids in an environment where they're going to learn about God even when I can't. Because at the end of the day, if you and I like that video, are going to send our kids into the world and have this attitude of, hey, you've got this. If we're going to do that, and we're going to do that spiritually and leave that spiritual legacy, sometimes it just takes us not giving up. It takes us not just giving up because of our failures and faults, but it takes us just taking one step forward, one foot in front of the other, and saying, I'm going to be courageous in this one thing because it's so incredibly important for my kids to be connected with the God of the universe. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you for a guy like David who is incredibly flawed, who really, really messed up his life. But at the end of the day, he was known as a man who is after your heart. He was a man who was close to you. And God, I want to pray right now for the dads in this room. Maybe it's some grandfathers. Maybe it's um, a, a father that's adopted someone. God, maybe it's just this person that serves in the capacity of a father. I want to pray in the strong name of Jesus right now, right here in this room, that you would give each one of us the confidence, even in our flaws, even in our failures, God, even in our sin, that we would have the confidence to stand on you and point our kids to you. Help us to be courageous men and women, God, who can instruct those who we spiritually lead to trust in you because there's no success in life that's greater than that. Help us to help them find their courage to find their confidence, and to find their counsel in you. Be with us and guide us in that venture. And God, I pray this all in the strong and mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.